Everything started with a letdown And we all fall down Down, down I wanna pick you up now When you hit the ground It wouldn't make a sound Did you lose all the feeling when you fell through the ceiling Cause I miss seeing you around Let down And we all fall down Stand up and hear me out Welcome to On The Upbeat I'm Matt I'm RJ. And I'm Amy. And we are all excited to finally be here because I messed up on the timing of everything <laughs> and I'm a dork. We weren't even going to rat you out for that one. Yeah, I wasn't going to tell a soul. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to, you know, uh, tell on myself a lot. All right, so if you're wondering what that amazing song was at the beginning, it's by the band Millington called beat down generation it's off their latest cp so if you like what you just heard for that 30 seconds you should go check out millington all right so this week for the entire episode we have amy gabba joining us from amy gabba and the almost famous amy thank thank you for joining us no pleasure to be here thanks for asking me to uh come on and chat with you guys we're yeah we're excited (laughs) um so first bit, we have a. Lo- We're just gonna jump right in. Usually we have like pleasantries and all that stuff. We got a lot of show to get to, and uh, we got a lot of talking, <laughs> a lot of subjects to hit. And uh, so the first thing is, we got an email um, on the podcast uh, last week about last week's episode. Second episode, we're getting fan mail. <laughs> That's all thanks to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm. I don't want to spoil it, but we have gotten fan mail before. This. Oh well. Fine. All right. Cool. It is the first. <laughs> but it's the first fan mail of the new lineup, right? Right. Yeah. So right. That's exciting. Right. That's a momentous occasion. Yes, it's the new. Yes, it's the first fan mail of uh, on the upbeat 2.0, <laughs> as we might call it. All right. So this comes from a uh, longtime listener, actually. I only know him by, uh, his name is BB. I don't know what the B and B stand for, but that's just it, BB. He, um, first he says, first off, uh, I will miss Aaron and his soundboard. Yes, we all miss Aaron and his clever sound machines and how he would use it to mess me up. Um, <laughs> and then he says, great job picking RJ. Woo! Woo! See, Woo. RJ, RJ, you have fans. I, I have, like, five. <laughs> I wonder uh, if this my mom paid this one too. Oh, oh well, maybe. Um, uh, BB says he's listened to a lot of uh, uh, twenty three minutes of ska, and uh, he and he says that you have the correct opinion on the Smash Mouth issue. So you have one person we know that agrees with you. Oh, hey, I do. I one do. More than I thought. <laughs> I agree. I we both pretty much said the same thing. I think you're just a little bit more hardcore on the answer. <laughs> um, so his question about 23 minutes of ska, he asks, "Have you ever cheated in changing the tempo of the song to fit 23 minutes?" Absolutely not. But I will tell you what I do do to cheat. I will shorten. Uh, fade outs. Some songs that I think go too long, I will create a fade out on. And I've been known to uh, double up. Like if a song starts off with like bass and drums, I've been known to take a couple bars and add them to the front and like fade that in. Right. But I have absolutely never changed the tempo. 
which is why the show used to take me hours to do, and now I've got it pretty much down to a science. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've never chewed like that. I've put in like audio clips, like old school 90s ska records sometimes. <laughs> hey, right. Uh, I'll do that uh, to, to get it to 23 minutes, but actually changing the tempo of the song, no, that's too much. That's too much. To me, that ruins the integrity of what the artist was trying to do the first time. Right. And because I'm crossfading and doing everything else, I take that little bit of license to do. Hey, little, well, you know, I think seats. artists appreciate that, too, because we're like, yeah, don't mess with the tempo, man. Yeah, I would hate <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, in fact, my pick of the week this week, and we'll talk more about it later, is basically because I played a clip of the song on a f- past episode, and for some reason when I put it into the episode, like I just, the person sent me the just straight-up audio clip of it, and then I edited it, into the episode after we had recorded it and it for some reason just dropping it in there it had completely slowed down the song and i and i didn't know how to fix it i didn't know what to do so actually i didn't even notice it until he pointed out when i put up the episode (laughs) (laughs) because it's like usually depending if it's unless it's like super super slow you don't necessarily notice because I actually found out that radio does that a lot, a lot. Well, they actually speed it up so they can fit more songs in a time frame for more commercials, basically. Um, but I, so yeah, but it yeah, with the groove sometimes, you know, like sure. I've had people be like, "Oh, you're you got to do it at exactly this many BPMs," and you're like. Okay, that seems a little crazy, but when you you do notice the difference sometimes, you're like, yeah. okay, it's lost its kind of groove, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then our fan letter goes on to request uh, some future subjects. Uh, we, so we won't deep dive into these right now, but he wants a deep dive on the Goldfinger's Hangups album. He, his questions are, is it really the best ska punk album, or does it just... Do we just think that because Superman is the best ska punk song, and then... I, I will tease that a bit by saying I only said it was the best ska punk album of the 90s. Okay, yeah, true. And yes, Superman's a straight-up banger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also wants us basically to do a deep dive on Less Than Jake's In With The Out Crowd. Uh, he says his unpopular opinion is... Uh, a still life franchise is the most less than Jake of all the less than Jake songs. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll do a deep dive on both of those things. Yeah. And the funny thing Future is... Future episodes, I like it. And the funny thing is, on when we, last week, when we talked about uh, Hang Ups, and I kind of, for whatever reason, I thought it didn't have as much ska on it as... It clearly did. I went so I went back and I listened. And I'm like, oh yeah, this has a lot more ska on it. I think it just I yeah. Been... There's only two straight up punk songs on there. The rest are all ska punk. It's great. I think because the albums that followed, like the three or four that followed, had zero yeah. ska on them. I just had forgotten. I hadn't listened to that album all the way through in probably like ten years or something like that. So I just forgot. But. Yes, I think we will have to deep dive into that. Um, I I can already tell you I disagree that even of the 90s, I disagree that Hanging Ups is the best ska punk album. But... um, Oh, this will be a fun episode coming (laughs) in the future. All right. So, all right. Um, So, our friend Amy Gabba is here. And uh, if you don't know who Amy is, 
Amy is a singer, songwriter, performer, all around great person from Canada. And from Canada. <laughs> well, okay, somewhere it, in the Great Northwest. It does it does well, sound like I'm putting like this qualifier on like being a good person, like well, for, by Canada standards. Yeah. But you know what? Canada's standards of being a good person, I think, are pretty high because like that's a thing for Canadians is to be seen as a good, We're nice, nice people. Right. So. So if if you don't have it, <laughs> if you don't have that, uh, then it it probably says something about you. Um, so, but real quick before we talk to Amy, uh, we want to let you guys listen to one of uh, Amy Gabba's and the Almost Famous song. So we're going to listen to the first song off the EP, uh, "The Heart Is Stupid," and it's the greatest album title ever because it's true the heart is stupid <laughs> um so here we go we're gonna listen to lies Right, that's a great song. I love that song. <laughs> Thank you for letting us share it. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So, um, the first question is, how did you get 
start singing and finding an interest in music? Because I read on your bio on your website, amygabba.com, it says you've been singing in bars since you were 10. How did that all yeah. start? <laughs> well, I grew up um, in Alberta. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Canada, but uh, it's actually country music's pretty big there. Right. So I uh, started, I think. I was, my mom entered me in a country music singing contest at one point and I was really young. And, and then I just started doing kind of the, the competition thing. Like it was just a lot of singing contests. And then from that, you kind of, you know, people would come up to you and, and you'd hear about other things. And, and some lady who owned a bar in Calgary was like, Hey, you know, we uh, were looking for talent to kind of fill up the nights. And, you know, would you be interested in a Tuesday night residency? And I was 10. <laughs> and my mom was awesome like she was super into it so she was like absolutely she is and like half the time she wouldn't even really ask me she's like oh by the way I got you a gig here and you're like okay like I, I just wanted to play and sing and I didn't right. really care but I don't know uh, it wasn't like it was full band really like right away it was you know some nights were all karaoke and stuff but I don't think people really minded too much so um, I started doing that young and, and it was kind of all country and then when I got when I was in high school I made that transition more to rock and roll and, you know, country wasn't really that cool <laughs> to begin with. I mean, it's a little bit more, you know, acceptable, I think, in Alberta maybe, but, or it was at the time, but I just kind of want to do something different. And, uh, and then I moved to Toronto when I was 21 and, and that's kind of when I started to discover punk rock and ska and I was kind of a late bloomer because when I was growing up, I wasn't, uh, you know, a punk ska girl and, and I, I kind of uh, got into it a little bit later in life and then... Uh, in Toronto, I think it's just, you know, the people you meet and then you, someone asks you to play in their band or sing backups for them. And then it's all networking, right? How everything kind of comes together. Right. So, so, okay. I just, a th question popped up into my head. <laughs> 10 year old Amy singing <laughs> yeah. pretty much what you said was karaoke at bars. What was yeah. the Amy Gabba, the 10 year old Amy Gabba, like go to song? Oh gosh. Um, go to song. I did a lot of Patsy Cline. Okay, I, I right. loved doing Walking After, Mid Walkin After Midnight by mm. her. Um, and then also I was like a really big Leanne Rimes fan. I'm not sure if anyone knows who that is. But yeah, she was yeah. kind of like Taylor Swift oh, yeah. before Taylor Swift was around. Right. Because she yep. was like 14 and, and it was huge for her to be having this huge you know, music career at 14 years old. And so I used to do um, her song Blue all the time. And mm -hmm. I could yodel, if you could believe it. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I could do it anymore. And I go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. But that, you know, that blue song that she had right. that just, like, blew up everywhere. And, and for some reason, you know, you, if you could sing that, people would be really impressed by it. When really you're just kind of, it, it's kind of painful, really. Now yeah. Le Leanne Rimes is uh, the Taylor Swift if Taylor Swift had stayed doing country. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yes. So, how did you discover ska? Like, what drew you to ska? You know what? I didn't. I always, always loved. You know, the Boston's. I always loved Sublime. I loved No Doubt. But I didn't really know that ska was a genre. Like, I remember meeting Darren Pfeiffer, and like we're good friends now. But at first, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he's in. He's a ska musician." I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> you know, I didn't really know there was this whole other genre way of right. defining it. And they're like, "Oh, well, like Goldfinger," and I was like, "Oh, I know them," and Sublime. Oh, I know them, right? So, like, I think I always liked that music, but I just kind of considered it, you know, punk, or I considered it pop, or whatever. I didn't really stop to think about the fact that it had this different name. And uh, I'll never forget, I was on a road trip with a friend of mine, Mikey, and uh, he was controlling the, the stereo. I'm driving, and he puts on Mad Caddy's Quality Softcore. 
nice. and distress comes on. And I was just like, I like stopped the car. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, cause I was mainstream music and rock and roll and ACDC and Zeppelin and you know what I mean? Like, I had everything that I knew wasn't underground. And so he was like, oh, this is a band called Mad Caddies. But you know, they broke up a long time ago. They don't play shows anymore. You'll never see them live. And I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> so I started looking into their catalog. And then I think it was only a few, few years later where they announced Dirty Rice and this big kind of comeback. And yeah. I, I was like, I, that was the best show ever. Cause I remember sitting there watching my favorite ska band being like, I never thought I'd get to see you guys live. And now I've seen them, you know, dozens, like a dozen times and, and they're amazing. So that was really like the moment where I was like, I need to dig deeper into these bands that I probably never heard of before. And, um, like shortly after that, my girlfriend was like, do you want to come see this band real big fish with me? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but sure. I'll go with you. Like, it's a live show. Absolutely. And, and she had been like my friend, Ashley, she had been a fan of real big fish since she was a little girl. She used to tell me stories about how her dad heard her listening to like asshole or something. And like came in and broke the CD in half, like just flipping out, like, what are you listening to? But, uh, so she introduced me to real big fish. So that was my first Scott show. And that was so much fun because like the whole you know you, you discover skanking and you you know the when you go to a ska show as opposed to just seeing you know maybe no doubt in concert back then when they were blowing up it's going to be quite different right so as a, as the same as like you see green day at a big stadium or you see a punk band in like a local venue it's got a different sure, vibe yeah. right so yeah. i think that's when i really fell in love with the whole world of ska yeah so your ep is produced by david irish and for those that don't know david irish He's worked with Real Big Fish, so, you know, Real Big Fish, who is basically a staple in ska since the 90s, pretty much. Uh, I think they, he's produced most of their records, too, right? Yeah, I'm not sh- quite sure how far back he goes. Um, but I think starting maybe on the their fourth album is when he came in, because I know the, or the third one. I know the first two were John Avila, right. and then okay, after good. that, yeah, I think it was David. Yeah, so um, he's definitely worked with them a while. Uh, I know he's worked. Uh, I'm not entirely sure to what extent, but I know David Irish has worked with the Interrupters um, and is currently, I believe, working with them. Yeah, currently uh, their front of house sound guy. Yeah. And Uh, was tour manager as well. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get connected with David Irish? It was actually through the Interrupters um, because Jesse and Justin... And I met, I want to say like 2014, like their first kind of big tour, like when their first record came out, we met them in Toronto and just kind of kept in touch. And uh, so we've been friends for a few years and I was at Warp Tour 20, 20, what was the last year? (laughs) I feel, I want to say it was 2017, 2018. I think 2017 was the last. Yeah. Yeah, So the last Warp Tour. And he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, Justin and Jesse were telling me that you're a musician and, you know, that you, you know, you have some ska songs. I was like, yeah, I had a few ska songs I was writing with some friends of mine. And but, you know, we were just we were doing it for fun. There was never a plan to start a band and put a record or anything. And he was like, well, send me (laughs) send me some demos. And I was like, sure, I'll do it right now. Like pull out my phone and and fire them off. And, you know, you kind of expect like that's the last I'm ever going to hear of Dave Irish. But. Uh, he emailed, I think, a few days later, and he's like, you need to come to my studio, Pot of Gold, in, in Orange County, and record a song. And I was like, okay, but, okay, how much, like, how much money are we talking here? Like, <laughs> right, right. you know, I'm like, dude, I really appreciate it, but I don't know, like, I can't afford that. And he's like, no, 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 like, I just really want to, like, for fun, let's just do it. And I was like, okay, sure, like, I'm there a couple times a year, I'll come by. And 
So it was really a total accident. Like it wasn't like we were like, let's put out a record and let's put an EP together and let's put a band together. We just kind of, it fell together. And then before we knew it, we had three songs. And then I was like, I kind of want to do more. And he's like, well, come back and do two more and we'll have an EP. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, so we, we had these five songs and we're like, well, I guess we're releasing these because they, they sound like he, David did such an amazing job and Ryland and Aaron and everyone who plays on it. But I mean, Dave is just, I, I cried when I heard them because I was like, this can't be something that I wrote and made this thing come to life. Like, <laughs> right. you know, you're just kind of in disbelief. And I was like, I feel like it would be just like a complete waste not to, to put these songs out. So we just, we put them up online and then. Uh, I guess the rest is history. Then, you know, the band kind of came next. We were like, well, I guess we've got to play an EP release show. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Planning that. So, so uh, how did oh, uh, go ahead. you get the band together? Um, well, like when I was writing those songs that we sent to David and the ones that we recorded, I was doing them with a, a gentleman named Dave Ziemba. And, uh, and Dave uh, is in a band called The Salads here in Canada. That's actually quite huge. Like one of the biggest bands in Canada I'd say and I think they had a really good run in like the early 2000s there but so he was doing all the pre-production with me and those songs were basically just me and him and nobody else playing on them so um obviously we, we you know Darren Pfeiffer was in the salads for a brief period of time as well Chuck Daly was the bass player so these guys were kind of like yeah let's let's do it like we all want to play together again and the salads broke up and we don't play anymore like we're we're available let's do it and that Scott is their jam that's what they do and they're you really couldn't find any better musicians, in my opinion, to work with. So it was uh, just kind of, again, another thing that just kind of fell together. And then on keys, um, Jesse Carwatt plays in another band called I Mother Earth with with Chuck. And he was like, because we needed a keys player. And he's like, I got a guy. So it's just, you know, people <laughs> right. know someone who knows someone. And, and I mean, Darren's a really good friend. So we were like, would you fly out? And he's like, absolutely. And, you know, he used to live in Toronto, too. So it was uh, a chance for him to come home and see all his friends and, and play a show with all his buddies. And, and it just, again, like it just, it didn't take a whole lot of effort. It just kind of fell together. Um, like it was kind of meant to. So it's awesome. it was really neat. Like I knew the guys for a while, but yeah, it was, the timing was good. Uh, I know you, you mentioned your first ska show was that real big fish show. Um, what do you remember? Do you remember like, uh, any what like since in what ska bands have you gone to see live mm-hmm. well mad caddies was probably my second oh, and right. that i remember i'll never forget that show because the i think the air conditioning broke and it was like like a hundred oh my gosh <laughs> oh and this is it was this bar it's this bar called the hard luck and and you know bands already kind of make this joke about hard luck it is a great venue don't get me wrong we love it but you got to go up like four flights of stairs to load it <laughs> and oh, it's just wow. a complete yeah, because even when the interrupters play there, they're like, do you like seriously play here all the time and you have to lug your gear up these stairs? And you're like, yeah, it's like, But I think the air conditioning was out or something because I have not been that hot in my entire life. It was like a huge sweat box, but it didn't stop anybody from going absolutely mad. And I mean, they hadn't played a show in a long time, too. So people were just so excited. Um, what other bands? I mean, obviously, interrupters I've seen right. a, a dozen times. Less than Jake. Uh, actually, Less than Jake was the who the Interrupters were opening for in 2014 when we met. Actually, they were on tour with them. So we've, I've seen Less than Jake quite a few times. Big D in the kids' table. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's and I mean even just at festivals like I mean Sublime with Rome, the whole bunch. They're always a, they put on a great show. I do regret I never did get to see the original lineup of Sublime. I would have yeah. absolutely loved that. I think so. very. I mean, given when he passed away, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't get to 
see them together. Um, yeah. So what does the future hold for... I know asking this question is so <laughs> loaded right now because we're all trapped in our homes. Yeah. But sort of when life goes back to normal and hopefully soon, uh, what does the future hold for uh, the almost famous? Well, I... I'm supposed to be in LA in three days if everything, if this had not happened and if uh, the schedule had uh, not gotten a little bit messed up due to borders closing, I'm supposed to be at Pot of Gold recording the second record basically in a few days. So clearly that's not going to happen. Right. Um, but I'm almost taking it as a good thing because I think our little five song EP might be a full length now <laughs> <laughs> because I've been doing a whole lot of writing. Um, I've actually obtained some at home recording stuff. I got a nice little interface and a good mic that some, like some friends have been really amazing to lend me some really top notch equipment. I'm really lucky. And, um, so that I can actually work on these new songs that I've written, um, and send them back with Dave Zamba, who I still do all the pre-production with. We still write all these songs together. He's in the band. Um, and so this way we can send tracks back and forth together and, and write more songs. So we're hoping that, Obviously, a new record is what's next, um, yeah. a little bit longer than we had planned. Would love to do something with Half Past Two, like we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah. I talked to Tara yesterday, actually. Awesome. I nice. don't want to give anything away because you never know if it's going to work out, but we right. have a little something in our back pocket, perhaps. <laughs> um, we may, another, you know, the Almost Famous has is also maybe working on putting out a cover, maybe, that we may have talked about at one point, Matt. Oh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> perhaps a, a quarantine mm. cover coming out of um, a song that we really, really love and something that we played at our, our EP release and all our shows, actually. So um, there's a whole bunch of good stuff coming up. And I mean, there was, unfortunately, some big festivals lined yeah. up that we've had to cancel. We've had yeah. to cancel a few things and we've had to reschedule. But, you know, I think that you've we always complain we never have the time, you know, to do these things. And now it's like we have the gift of time to do them. So right, it's like I right. can learn a new skill. I can write more. So Right, right. So what is what's the writing process like for you? Do does music come first? Do lyrics do mm, it's it's almost I'm my forte is really the lyrics and the melody. Um so but I mean I'll usually start with a chord a chord progression. But I've got lyrics for years like I if you looked at the notes in my phone I think there's like 8,000 notes in there that are just you know some of them are just a paragraph and some of them are a full song of lyrics so but for me it's usually got to be some sort of stress or, or trauma something that kind right. of makes me right. need to write like the last record the heart is stupid is all about a breakup it's you know that whole record is about you know things ending and and not really knowing how to pick up and, and continue and and you know, it's, it's, it's really my therapy. It's what got me through it. So, right. you know, usually something has to happen that makes me need to write. And then, uh, it just, once it starts, I can't stop it, but I'm also not one of those people that's like, okay, today I'm going to write a song. Right. You know, I've got to really have something that I need to say something, uh, that I need to get out in order for that to happen. It's doesn't, not really something I can just set my fingers for. Doesn't it kind of suck that like, basically you have to be, I mean, obviously you can write about positive things too, but doesn't it kind of suck that most songs are about some sort of frustration, tragedy, breakup, what what have you? Like, it kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's why I make the joke that I'm meant to be single forever because everyone's <laughs> like, "Don't say that. You're gonna meet someone." I'm like, "But I don't really want to." Like, I won't have anything to write about. <laughs> well, exactly. I make the joke. I'm like, I need the material. Like, I need these. Like, I don't even want to say the wrong adjectives, but I, right. you know, I do choose the wrong men, and I will say that I am not a good judge of character when it comes to the male you know, species. So 
I kind of need, <laughs> I need that drama, I guess, to continue to have something to sing about and something to write. Cause I don't think I've ever written a love song in my entire life. So, you know, it's never too late, but we'll see what happens. That day will come. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> If not, you just write it about your dog, and everyone will think <laughs> think that it's um, about. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll think I'm ripping off Rancid because her name's Ruby Soho. But other than that, it's all good. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'm like, what a sweet love song. No, it's for her dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, Suburban Legends actually have a song that's about a cat. <laughs> so. About, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's what's funny is when certain people think that it's about one thing, but then it's something different. Like she's sitting here, right here, actually, here next to me, and she's. <laughs> begging for attention but it's like i have a baby sometimes seriously yeah. so i i can understand why people write songs about their pets because they are special <laughs> well thank you for uh talking with us and you're going to stick around for the, the entire episode and of course on uh anything and everything of course we want your input and uh so but we're going to move on to our next sec segment ska around the world We are heading to Scotland. RJ. Yeah, we're headed to Scotland, <laughs> and I am playing you one of my very favorite ska bands, and they are called the Amphetamines. They're from Glasgow, Scotland, and as they put it, they got together because they were a bunch of scooter boys, punker girls, and indie kids who loved two-tone and wanted to make people dance. So they started off in 1997. They put out three albums in 2000. 2006 and 2014 called the right line and nylons now that's what we call the amphetamines and last chance bordello they have uh two lead singers a female and a male lead singer it's one of the reasons i love them um they were a band that i found that i could only buy their music online way back in like 2000 i would save up money so that i could like find a way to cash that in to buy it on itunes and I can only buy a couple tracks at a time because I'm an idiot. And <laughs> they've just always been one of my very favorite bands. And over the years, like I've gotten to know like members of the band. Um, and maybe I should say this: that all these people in these bands came from other kind of well-known Glasgow, Scotland bands, like uh, Franz Ferdinand, Bell and Sebastian, Biss, and Pink Cross, just to name a few. So it's kind of almost like a super group of uh, of musicians. So I wanted to play a few songs. Their first big hit was called uh, Last Night, and that's off Right Line and Nylons in 2000. And cue it up, buddy. <laughs>
like that, that song. That was their first big hit. Did you like it, Matt? I did. It's good. I like but, it too. I enjoy that. Very bouncy. Thick. They are very bouncy. They they do mind that kind of like two tone sound. And uh, last night's very indicative of a lot of their songs. But I also wanted to play a different song that is kind of a bit different from them. It's still very up, very bouncy. And that one is called Say Something Special. Pretty sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I they, like I said, they're one of my favorite bands. Unfortunately, I think they might be on a little bit of hiatus right now. Um, the bass player uh, Gordon Davidson is actually in a new band called Rude Beard, and they say they're a pir- pirate ska band out of Scotland. But oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I need play, to check that out. I'll play you some Rude Beard sometime soon. Um, but Gordon also runs a ska record label in uh, Scotland, and he put out a compilation called Trembling Earth, a Scottish ska collection, uh, a couple of years ago, and it's a two-disc set. It's absolutely amazing. If you want to hear more Scottish ska, check that double album out. It's well worth your time. And yeah, that was the Amphetamines from Scotland. Yay! My first presentation on Sky Around the World. <laughs> Yay! Insert applause. The track right here. Good, good job. Um, Thank you. You did better than I did every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we always usually have a some sort of discussion question. And this week's question is, what bands that everyone seems to love... But it took you a bit of time to come around on. So, like, this would be a band that just everyone seems to really love, but you can't really either get into, or maybe you just generally came in late to it. Uh, You were just like, yeah, 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 that sounds like a great band. I'll listen to them someday. And you just don't listen to them until years later, and you're like, oh, I love them. Now they broke up, and I never got a chance to see them live when I had multiple opportunities. RJ, I really want to know your answers because it feels like you know everything and listen to everything. <laughs> so I want to know if there's a band that you were just like, eh, okay, I'll get around to it. So, okay. like, I want to know. This one is absolutely dumb of me for, for three reasons. So the band is Bomb the Music Industry. Okay. Um, I have a friend that grew up with all the guys in Arrogant Sons of Bitches who became Bomb the Music Industry. I had friends that would go on tour and play with Bomb the Music Industry. I had people writing in the 23 Minutes of Scott saying, you should play some Bond the Music Industry music. And I'm like, yeah, 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 okay, cool. And every once in a while I put a song on, I'm like, that's a good song, whatever, move on. And one day, and it was right exactly when they broke up, I decided just to like 
give them a good like listen. And I mean, they're on Asian Man Records. They're on a lot of good record labels besides that, too. There's no good reason why I shouldn't have been 100% in love with them like I am now, back when I could have been. It is pure ignorance, pure just me being like too busy and too cool to listen to people. And I was absolutely wrong. Jeff Rosenstock, everything he touches turns to gold. And I'm an absolute moron for not listening to Bond the Music Industry for as long as I could have. I have never heard of that band. <laughs> Me either. I'm glad you let him run with that because I was like, there's probably so many ska bands out there that like I just haven't scratched the surface of still. So, Matt, I I am I am disappointed. <laughs> don't, uh, don't be because I will continue to disappoint you. Just just accept <laughs> just just accept that there are lots of bands that people probably think I should be into. Uh, I, I think one week we're gonna have to. We're going to have to do like a ska confessional where we're just like, no, I'm not into them. (laughs) So we we might lose listeners. We (laughs) might lose any ska cred we've built up. uh, Whatever. (laughs) um, Bomb the music industry was a a kind of it was more of a collective. It was led by Jeff Rosenstock, who who does his own thing now under his own name, just Jeff Rosenstock. Right. And he it, it was him as old members of his old ska punk bands. It was other people around. He moved all up and down the East Coast. Uh, and he also gave all the music away for free on his website, quote unquote records, and still does. Anything he does is free. Um, but you can donate, obviously, and you should. Right. Uh, but it was it was good fun, like ska punk. He would mix in like chiptune stuff, some like indie rock stuff. It was really, really good. And I mean, I love ska, I love ska punk, I love indie rock, I love chiptune. It was 100% up my alley. And I just slept on it for years. Yeah. So for me, um, not only there are probably bands that people would assume I love or or would assume that I should love because everyone loves them. Uh, So there's a list of bands I probably just am not legitimately into. But this (laughs) is about bands that maybe you just never really took the time to listen to. Um so for me, it was I, it's kind of two bands, really, especially over the last like twelve months, really. Uh, it's the Toasters and Planet Smashers, both who have been putting out albums uh, at least since the mid nineties, and yeah. if not since longer, eighties, yeah, right for the Toasters, <laughs> right. And I just and both and here's the thing, even in the nineties, I knew they existed. I knew that they both existed. Um, obviously, um, at least here in Southern California, neither band blew up hugely mainstream. But I knew who they were, right? You you hang around enough ska uh, people. I, I know my friends, a couple of friends were into um, the Planet Smashers and the Toasters. But I just, it just I don't know. I would listen to it and be like, eh. Oh, here's, especially with, <laughs> so like, especially with the Toasters. I tend not to really like two tone. Um, I I can understand that, but I never think of them as a two tone band. Well, considering they have a song called Two Tone Army, I, yeah, I really they have think... one song that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they have a lot of two tone songs. But um, so, like, it was. I guess that's just sort of you know. I tend to pass over two tone. Uh, bands simply because I always think of them as slow or not as energetic. 
you know, when you're sort of exposed to ska through real big fish, anyone playing anything slower tends to be like, uh, yawn. Um, <laughs> even reggae, the truth is, and I'm going to get shot for this, not really into reggae. So, um, if they're going to shoot you, they're going to shoot me too, because I like rock steady. I like lovers rock. I like, that's as slow as I'll go. I can't go slow enough for reggae. And then Planet Smashers wasn't so much the a two-tone thing, because they're not really two-tone at all, and, but it really was just sort of direct exposure. Um, I just it's started listening. Canada Factor. Right. <laughs> it's the Canada Factor. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I, turned, I turned a blind eye to Canada, anything from Canada, just as a, as a go-to response. That's too far north from Southern California. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, really, it, and what did it was their most recent album. I just, I can't stop listening. I think it's unbelievably catchy. Um, oh, yeah. And unbelievably, like, energetic and... Um, he, you know, they've got a song on there, uh, where he's talking about like, he can't write a catchy hit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm listening to it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I actually went to a couple of their shows, not even really paying attention. Cause, uh, they played a few shows with, uh, the creep show, a Toronto band and right. they're on the same level, uh, label the stomp. And like, I remember being like, Planet Smashers rule. And my friend's like, yeah, we've gone to like three of their shows <laughs> together. And I'm like, clearly I was not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I probably like went to support friends and was like, yeah, I got a date, got to go. So yeah. I guess I wasn't really taking notice, but I know that feeling. So, yeah. so what, obviously kind of the Planet Smashers, I guess for you yeah. a little bit <laughs> is the answer, but anything else that you feel like you just kind of slept on and didn't really give much attention until recently? I mean, Catch-22, I would say, is one of them that, like, I think early on maybe someone played me a couple songs and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's great. Maybe it was the wrong songs. And so yeah. I was, like, just associated them with those songs. And, I mean, I had never even heard Keys Me Nights. And then I was like, what is this? It's like, you know, it's legendary now, right? So, um, I don't know. Like, there's always that great debate, too. Like, RX Bandits. Would you consider them ska? Like, Oh, we don't have time for that. <laughs> you know, but that's... We don't have band. time to really go down that into. rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I glossed them over too, but I've been really on a kick of, of RX lately. I really, really like them. So, but again, I don't know if that counts. So we don't have enough time to discuss that part. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, most people would say their early stuff, yes. Yeah, and then absolutely. That's sort of, and then after that, after like three Not albums, so you you start to be like, well, <laughs> after uh, halfway between here and there, I think. The progress was the next album. I think it had two ska songs on it, and the rest was them cultivating their new sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where, personally, it's hard for me, uh, you know, and I think it's hard for anyone who's an adult, really. You you love the music that you sort of grew up on or maybe were first exposed to in a genre. Um, and, you know, you listen to that, and, you know, it gets play you just you know especially now i don't like anyone's like why aren't you why aren't you listening to these bands i'm like i don't know are they played on the radio a lot i don't know that song they're like yeah it's played on the radio all the time don't listen to the radio (laughs) you're like and that's why and and mostly because you know how you say it gets played a lot yeah that's why and i just i'm in a space where you know i just can curate my own music now so why why would i wait for a good song to come on the radio but it's like sometimes it is just hard to move past and gravitate, you know, gravitate towards new music, and it's hard to really then 
deep dive into a new band. So, it, like you brought up, you know, Catch Twenty Two. I've listened to those albums. They're those, um, you know, they're I've got songs by them that play on a playlist of ska stuff. But like, do I know every word of those songs in the way that I know? every word to you know turn the radio off by real big fish no <laughs> like just no, no. Not. so they're just on different levels and it's always interesting you tend to get connected to something at a certain point and then you kind of never really let it go and you kind of you know yeah no get that um all right so we end every episode with a pick of the week uh amy why don't you tell us about your pick um, well, I am. I have a pick from a, another Canadian band. I know you're going to love that, right? So <laughs> I, di- I don't really <laughs> dislike ca- Canada. <laughs> I know, but I know it's just going to be our joke now, right? I'm <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you pick on Canada. Yeah. I know it. I'll be like, you're blame Canada. Canada. All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A cute song here. Um, but the Filthy Radicals—they're a uh, Toronto band. Um, I don't, I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of them before, Filthy Radicals or not, but we're going to play a song by them. Cool. And uh, my friend Kyle is the front. They've been a band for, I think, 20 years. Um, and again, because I haven't lived in Toronto my whole life, I hadn't really heard uh, any other stuff before. So um, I don't know. Are you going to cue it up and play it yeah. right now, or are we going to do that? Uh, Barfly, correct? Barfly, yeah. All right, here we go. That sounds amazing. What made you want to pick that song? Because uh, you know what? I, I love that song. I love that it's upbeat. I love Kyle's voice. I feel like he's got a really kind of unique, it's almost like that right. Tim Armstrong kind of Amy Interrupter kind of vibe, but the, yet it's got the, you know, the upbeat kind of fun behind it of, of a real big fish song too. And, right, right. And the live show they put on is an energy like no other. It's just unbelievable. Like... There's there's nothing quite like a filthy radical show in Toronto. Always you know sold out, packed to the brim, and and just really, they they are like the godfathers of ska in Toronto. So awesome, uh, super important to me. Awesome. Um, so my pick is "Let You In" by Millington, and this is the song I talked about earlier, where when we played a clip on it, when I had when we had Cody from Millington on. And I played a clip of it, and because I dropped oh, this it. This was the slow. Down this was song. the slow, but now I'm playing it directly in the episode, so we shouldn't have a problem with it. And um, I love the new EP. I love, I love Millington. Um, I for for me, what really draws me to songs is that 
you know, the more often a song will change a tempo, it is more guaranteed that I will like it. So if, you know, if you're going <laughs> from a two-tone sound right into a punk sound, then followed by more traditional ska, a beat ska, rock steady, if like you throw all that in there, like I'm a sucker for the more <laughs> it changes, the more you have my attention because it keeps my attention. So, right. I agree. So here is Let You In by Millington. It's like Blink-182 meets Real Big Fish meets uh, Panic at the Disco. Um, like, yeah. So I love their strong melodies and just the the way they move and change tempos. And like, it's like a emo song and a ska punk song all at the same time. So, yes, I love it. Um, RJ, tell us about your pick. My pick is, I'm keeping it on the Canada tip, and this is a band from Toronto. They're called the King Kong Four, and this is their song, Breaking My Heart Again. song is amazing i'm gonna have to check them out yeah so um the leader of that band mitch used to be in another canada band called uh, king apparatus back in the day and that was him and chris murray and a bunch of other people mitch and chris were the primary songwriters and then of course chris murray left and he lives down in uh, southern california with us now um, but mitch is still up there he did a couple solo stuff he worked with the kingpins he did an album with uh, lorraine from the Kingpins called Low and the Magnetics. And all around, I've just found that he writes some great music. King Kong 4, the idea is that step between Elvis Costello and Ska. So very, very 70s kind of two-tone movement there. And I absolutely, every time Mitch puts out something new solo with the King Kong 4, I'm there. I buy it. And then half the time he's just like, hey, here's a song for your, your little show. And he couldn't be nicer. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, that was my pick. I, that was almost my pick last week, and I switched it out for that Johnny Sacco pick. And so I'm so glad that we kept it Canadian 
at least for my pick, Amy, here too. Awesome. Well, Amy, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Matt and RJ. And it's it's neat to talk to both of you at the same time because I think we've both had separate conversations one yes. on one, but but never the three of us. So it's nice to talk to both of you again. Yes. It was so great to talk to you again too, Amy. Yes, I'm glad this all worked out. Uh, being trapped at home and having to do this all remotely uh, forced me to learn to make sure that this can happen remotely. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, you know uh, even with Aaron we'd always tried to work stuff out I personally love doing all podcast things in in you know face to face but obviously being from different parts of the world we can't always do that so I'm glad this worked out um, for those listening uh, please uh, make sure you go to uh, Amy Gabba uh, where where can they find you on Instagram uh, Instagram, Amy Gabba underscore AF. So Amy Gabba, almost famous. And then uh, we've got a Facebook page as well. Just Amy Gabba and almost famous. Right. Uh, and please support Amy and her band and her music and buy a CD, buy a shirt, um, buy a CD, even if you don't even own a CD player. any Because I feel like a lot of people don't. Cars don't really come with them anymore. <laughs> yeah, like my laptop doesn't have a CD input anymore. <laughs> Uh, so just buy it. It's true. I, I had a lot of, you give them the gifts and people right. are like, I, don't, I can't listen to this. If, if she doesn't happen to have the shirt in your size, uh, just buy a bunch of CDs <laughs> and then give it. them away as uh, Christmas presents, uh, next Christmas. Uh, of course, if you would like to send us suggestions, you can email at us, email us, not at, yeah, I guess you can email <laughs> at us. Uh, do the, both. <laughs> the, <laughs> um, the email address is um on the upbeat scott at gmail.com and of course you can send us an instagram message you can find us on instagram at on the upbeat scott and pretty much just search on facebook on the upbeat and you will find us there and uh check out 23 minutes of ska uh, rj's Ooh. other other uh ska podcast and Thanks for listening, and we appreciate it. Rate and review wherever you can, any place that lets you. Uh, please do that. And thank you for listening, and thanks for the support. All right. Bye. Cheap listening to Scott. <laughs> yeah.